Welcome to another episode of Once Upon East 112. My name is Aaron Avera, and joined, as always, is my brother, Donatus Carroll. How are you doing today? Hey, brother, man. I'm doing great, dude. Super excited as we get ready to end this year and end this decade. Last day of the year, last day of the decade. And uh got my Texas shirt on, man, ready to watch my team play tonight. So everything's going good in my world. How are you, man? I'm good, man. I forgot that today is the Texas Bowl game. I forgot all about yesterday's bowl game. We were out doing stuff, shopping, getting those discounts. Uh forgot all about bowl games. Uh So, hey, I will wish the best to you. I know that you have a, a long-suffering Texas fan. And by long-suffering, I mean since, like, Colt McCoy left. It's been rough. But <laughs> but I will wish the best for you and your team tonight. Thanks, man. We appreciate it. We'll take all the the best wishes and good vibes and good luck that we can take. We're gonna we're gonna need it this week tonight. <laughs> all right. So today we are talking Black Monday. Though some of it happened on Sunday, it's nothing like Black Friday. Nothing is on discount. We are talking. We are talking the firing of the head coaches. Um, we're gonna look at each one, kind of decide, you know, who would be a good fit there whether or not we thought the, the coach deserved the axe. Um, but before we do that, let's reflect back on last week's podcast where we brought five wishes to Santa Claus. And, Donatus, will you let us know how your wishes went? Yeah, so um, I don't really want to talk about it. I had <laughs> wishes, and I went 0 for 3. So um, I think I'm, I, I have a uh, Santa curse, and so um, – Next year for Christmas, we will try to reverse the curse. So that's a little more. <laughs> you got to listen to us over the next year as I try to take on reversing the Santa curse. Um, lost my uh, my fantasy semifinal game. Lost that one by twenty eight one hundredths of a point, which stung. Um, my Lakers lost on Christmas Day. And then to top it all off, um, I think Friday, either Thursday or Friday, the Atlanta Falcons announced that we will hold on to Dan Quinn for the next year. Yes. Uh, shout out to Santa for sticking it to me. <laughs> and the main reason I bring it up is not just to hear that Don just went 0 for 3, but I went 1 for 2, and the one that I got right was what we are going to talk about today, <laughs> Freddie Kitchens was fired. Uh, we are going to talk about him at the end. We're going to go through the other ones first, and then we are going to talk all about, once again, the Browns. I'm sorry if you're tired of my Browns talk. If you know me, I am, once again, probably one of the biggest Browns fans in the state of Georgia, and that holds true now, even after we fired Freddie. All right, so let's get into Let's get into I really wanted you to, by the way, you snuck up with that one, you know, fantasy football Santa wish list that I didn't want to talk about. So since you lost by .28 of a point, I was like, we got to talk about this. We got, we got to have Donna just mention it on the record that he lost by not a full point, not a half a point, but point like two eighths of a point. <laughs> All right, so here we go. <laughs> who, do you have a preference on who you want to talk about first? 
So I think the ones that I'm interested in, I think it's a good idea to end with the Browns and the and the Panthers. I think the Giants and Redskins are just kind of those two teams that need a lot of help. So let's dig into those two first because I think those are going to be a little bit easier to talk about. All right, so I say we go ahead and dive into the Redskins then since news has been kind of developing over the past two days um, that Ron Rivera is looking like he's going to be the head coach. I woke up this morning or yesterday I saw that, you know, Adam Schefter kept saying the Redskins are ready to make Rivera the head coach. And then I woke up this morning and all of a sudden some years were thrown out there. Um, it was a five-year deal, uh, which means this is getting – Pretty legitimate. Uh, they also fired their, uh, GM, which one of my, uh, friends who is a Redskins fan, the second they fired him, um, he could not contain his excitement. Um, so let's talk about, I guess, is Ron Rivera the man? And I didn't know this GM's name. I had no idea about him. Uh, but apparently it's a good thing. So what do we think about the Redskins with, with this potential hire or, should there have been somebody they should have targeted rather than Rivera? Yeah, so, you know, the whole thing with with Rivera has been interesting. Um, I was surprised that the Panthers let him go. Um, I was surprised that they let him go midseason. Um, and then, you know, it, it's kind of like you had heard maybe a little bit from him, not really too much. And then just out of nowhere, you just hear that the Redskins are signing um, Ron Rivera. I hadn't heard the years or anything like that. Um, Bruce Allen is the guy that was their team president, I guess, GM, um, mix. And, um, again, I don't follow the Redskins, don't know too much about it, but I know from what I've heard, I can understand why your friend was excited about it. Um, so I, I think it's a great hire for the for the Washington Redskins, I'm really kind of surprised that Ron Rivera is interested in taking this job. Um, to me, it kind of sounds like he jumped at his at the first opportunity. But to me, I mean, the Redskins are a team that needs a whole lot of help. Um, like, to me, I think they have one good player. That's Landon Collins. Um, I'm not sold on their running back or on their quarterback, Dwayne Haskins. Um, Case Keenum has kind of been a journeyman. Colt McCoy is a career backup. Um, you know, M- Terry McLaurin at wide receiver. Um, Darius Juice, if he can ever stay healthy, but I think he played in like six games in two years. Um, their offensive line needs help. So it's just not, you know, I mean, I understand that you're in the capital, but to me, it's just not a, an interesting job. It's not a, a job that would be high on that I would imagine would be high on the list of candidates to apply for. Um, obviously, you look at the Browns and the the wealth of talent that they have there. Um, something like that would I would have thought would have made sense to somebody like Ron Rivera, but maybe he wants the challenge or whatever it is. Um, so I'm I'm kind of surprised. I, I think it's a great hire for the Redskins, but from Ron Rivera's point, I don't really understand. Um, him him signing up to, to coach the Redskins. But I think he'll do a good job. I think this first year is going to be tough. I think he's going to need to sign somebody who knows how to run an offense, um, whether it's a veteran guy or whether it's a, a young offensive mind who kind of knows how to um, incorporate the spread offense and, and schemes like that. 
Um, they're going to have to decide, you know, is Dwayne Haskins the guy? And if so, um, they need to get him help on the offensive line and get him a, a few more playmakers. Um, if not, then they're going to have to draft a quarterback and kind of start start all over. So um, I'm interested to see how Rivera does. I think, you know, within year two or three, he'll start to do good. Um, but it's, it's just going to be tough starting off. Um, so what are your thoughts on it? Yeah, you, you brought up a lot of solid points. The first one that struck me was when I saw that this, this number, the, the five years popped up. I was like, did Ron Rivera talk to anyone else? <laughs> like there, there's jobs out there. Right. And I, and ones that I feel like are more appealing jobs right. than the Redskins. Um, it, it's almost like he got fired. You, it looked like he was living his life. And then they must have been in talks because the Redskins fired their head coach um, like back in week five. Um, so they can talk to whoever they want to, whenever they wanted to. And so it's almost like they had to have been in conversation. But it's like no one told Ron Rivera that he can choose the job he wants because he is easily the hottest head coaching candidate out there. Um, the Browns. I mean, he's not on our list of ones that we want to interview, I think solely because um, he's already locked down, seemingly, by the Redskins. Um, he, I was surprised he didn't look elsewhere. I think one of the biggest appealing factors and what Redskins will probably look at is I do think he's a great leader. Uh, one reason I kind of wanted him as the Browns head coach is that he's a no-nonsense head coach, but the players love him. Um, right. like he took, he took the personalities of Cam, Steve Smith, and Josh Norman when he was on the, the Panthers, who, side note, is on the Redskins. So they get reunited. Mm -hmm. But he took those personalities and they could still be them. They could still ball out, but they didn't do reckless things. Um, and I thought that was a huge ploy to his, his demeanor as a head coach. And so I thought he would have been perfect for the Browns with all of our issues, but the Redskins called him up and it's like, he made a deal immediately. Um, and that confused me because I don't think the Redskins job, like you said, is all that appealing. Um, I think, I think Terry, I don't know how to say his last name, McLaurin. I think he's going to be a stud. Um, obviously their defense has some holes, but they do have some, some decent pieces. And he's, he's a, you know, a defensive minded coach. Um, right. Darius Geis, um, like you said, he's played six games in two years. When he has played, he's balled out, but he's on the IR for the third time and he's only in his second year as a, yeah. as a pro football player and running back yeah. shelf life is not very high. So I don't, I don't think they're situated there for a running back. Um, and I also don't believe in, in Dwayne Haskins. Um, right. It's it's almost like every quarterback that comes out of Ohio State is great at Ohio State. And then they enter the league, and where did they go? Um, so I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't believe in Dwayne Haskins. I think they're going to end up having to get another quarterback, though I think they're going to try and stick it through with him for another year and miss this great uh, quarterback draft class. Um, I mean, great is an operative term. But a decent draft class and um, try and make it work for Joe Gibbs or whoever Dan, whoever the Dan Snyder, whoever their head, uh, not Joe Gibbs, who Dan, I think Dan Snyder's their owner, um, yeah. for his sake, 
because he's the one who wanted the RG3. He's the one who wanted Dwayne Haskins. No one else wanted them on the coaching staff. I, I feel like they're almost trying to make comparisons without saying it, that Dwayne Haskins and Cam Newton are the same type of quarterback. So, therefore, you know, Ron Rivera was successful with Cam Newton, even though he's not an offensive coach. So, therefore, he'll be successful with Dwayne Haskins. I don't know the thought process there. I do like Ron Rivera coming into a young team because they are a young team. Um, but I don't think I like the fit. I think we're going to see in two years, just like um, every other coach, that he's going to struggle for two years. Um, I do like the fact that they get a new GM because if the GM is the issue, then uh, maybe Ron Rivera will have some say kind of in, in who um, is the GM and they'll be able to work together to build a successful team. I do think the Redskins are going to have to be patient with Ron Rivera. I mean, they gave Jay Gruden like five years and it never panned out. A lot of that is not Jay Gruden's fault, apparently. Apparently, a lot of it's the GM and the owner's fault. But um, I could see them being okay in five years. Um, I just don't don't think he, he – I think he's a great fit for them, but I don't think they're a great fit for him. Uh, like, right. I think he's going to almost look at it and regret it because I just don't see the Redskins' job. That's the least appealing of the four that we're going to talk about, in my opinion. Um, yeah, absolutely. And he jumped at it immediately. Yeah. Um, and I, I kind of wonder, and maybe it'll come out later on, but I kind of wonder if maybe they're going to do like a Bill Belichick type thing where they allow him to be head coach and GM. Because that, that's another reason that, you know, if, that, if it's going to be a, those two things and then that would make the job a little more appealing, or a lot more appealing, actually. That's true. Um, if you get to be GM and head coach, but if it's you know if it's just head coach, I, I'm, I'm with you, man. That's that's not really too appealing of a job to me, just because there's so much work, and um, you can look at the other teams. Like, I mean, you had to have known that the Browns were probably leaning in the direction of firing Freddie Kitchens, and so to me, I would have at least waited to see if it happened or not. Um, yeah, you know. That's that. You, you bring, see, I, I guess, and Ron Rivera is one that I feel like, and I don't know if it's because he's long tenured as a head coach, but he's one that I feel like could have success in that um, Belichick type role where he gets the GM spot and the coaching spot. Um, I've seen teams try and do it. I think the Browns try to do it at one point where they let a brand new head coach who's never coached before, uh, or not never coached before, but their first time being a head coach, and all of a sudden, they can also make their personnel choices, and yeah. it just goes sideways. But I do think yeah. if they give that to Ron Rivera, uh, I either respect Ron Rivera too much um, or he can legitimately do it because I believe that if they give him that job, um, I think then the Redskins may have a, ch- may have a chance. Dan Snyder, though, is going to have to kind of back up because he's almost like a Jerry Jones type where he really wants right. to be a part of all the decision-making. Uh, thus, the RG3s and the Dwayne Haskins, even though they don't fit in the schemes of what the head coaches are doing, they're like, oh, no, but this is going to get ticket sales and people are going to pay attention to us. If he lets Ron Rivera do what he wants, he's going to have to step back and trust that Rivera is going to make the choices in the best um, interest of the Redskins. Um, I, I'm interested to see if they do give him that. Because if they do give him that, I think they would be better off there than choosing a GM 
that has no interest in the schemes that um, Ron Rivera wants to run. Right. Absolutely. I agree. All right. So one down. We talked about the Redskins. They already seemingly have one locked up. Uh, the second, what was the second one he said that was the second most intriguing? Did you say Giants? Uh, Panthers are the second most intriguing, but, uh, we'll go with the Giants. Okay. No, we, we can go with Panthers. I, 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 they're both blue. I got them jumbled up in my head. We just talked about the NFC, um, East. So let's, let's go over then to the Panthers. Uh, the Panthers, I don't know. There, I've seen no rumors about the Panthers. Right. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know what the Panthers. <laughs> what the Panthers are doing, and I don't know of how much intrigue there are from coaches going to the Panthers because there's one major question. Yeah. It's going to be, does the team keep Cam Newton, and is Cam Newton going to be healthy? Because in my opinion, if they want to get rid of Cam Newton or if Cam Newton's not healthy, um, that job interest level drops drastically. I mean, they have great pieces. Uh-huh. They have great pieces on defense. Um, their offense, I don't think, has that great of pieces outside of, of Christian McCaffrey. Um, Greg Olson's getting goals. You need a new tight end. Um, Kyle Allen was great for like a, a four – great, not really great. was really good for a four-game stretch, and then he kind of showed that he's not an NFL starter. Um, and I don't think their record um, is – bad enough to warrant a really good pick to get one of the quarterbacks. Um, so I just don't see them as that appealing of a job if Cam Newton leaves. Um, what are your thoughts? Um, I, I, but let's kind of talk about our thoughts, and then we'll process down to who we think could be good fit, pending on maybe if Cam Newton's there. That sounds good. Um yeah, you know, I, I, you you hit it spot on, man. Um, Cam Newton is the big deciding factor um, in all of this, which he's got one year left on his contract. And to me, I I, I would I would let Cam Newton play out his contract. Um, you know, he's kind of been the face of your franchise for the past eight years. Um, he's he made the Carolina Panthers relevant. Um, so you know, I would. I think if he's if he's healthy, I think then then you stick with him, um, unless you can just get like a first round draft pick and maybe like a third round draft pick for him, which I don't think that anybody's going to give up a first round draft pick for Ken Newton, but they might. Um, you know, if if you're looking at the Chicago Bears or Los Angeles Chargers or whoever um, is right there, that kind of just needs a quarterback to put them over the top. Um, so if Cam Newton stays, I agree with you. I think that's a super appealing job. Um, and the Panthers are only, I mean, you, you think they're, they're only a year or two removed, um, from being, they're two years removed, I think, from being in the playoffs. So not, this, obviously not this year, not last year, but the year before that, they were in the playoffs. Um, I think they went 10 and 6. So, um, you know, Cam Newton, if he's healthy, still, is still semi-young and still has a, at least another four or five years left in him if he'll change his playing style. Um, but then to your point, if Cam Newton, if they decide not, if they decide to move on from Cam Newton, um, I agree with you, that job is not as appealing. Um, that defense, like you said, is set. They've got one of the best front sevens in the, in the league. Um, Keekley's a beast. Um, They've got a guy, Kawan Short and Gerald McCoy. 
Um, and then that rookie Brian Burns that they that they drafted this year had a pretty good season as well. Um, Eric Reed at safety, and then um, their cornerback, I think his name is is Jackson or something. Um, but he's a pretty good player as well. So they've got defensively, they, they've got the the right pieces. Um, and so whoever comes in is going to need to hire a, a good veteran defensive coordinator because your defense is right there and they can, they should be able to keep you in the majority of games. Um, offensively, you're right. Everything runs through Christian McCaffrey. Um, I think D, DJ Moore is a pretty good, good wide receiver. I don't know that he's going to be a wide receiver one, but I think, you know, with the Panthers, um, Say they keep Cam Newton, you can draft somebody like Jerry Judy out of Alabama, um, Justin Jefferson out of LSU, um, CD Lamb out of out of Oklahoma, and that's going to give you another threat on the outside. Um, and you, I think your team's right there being able to compete for for another playoff spot, um, rather than just you know stripping it all down and trying to to find a quarterback because. Um, Obviously, Joe Burrow is probably going to go number one to Cincinnati, and two was probably going to be gone to the Dolphins, um, who I think pick right before the Panthers. So I don't know if you reach for for Justin um, Herbert out of Oregon. It's too it's too early for you to take Jalen Hurts or Jake Fromm if Fromm comes out. Um, so I don't know. I mean, you're right. It's all going to depend on what they do with with Cam Newton. But I think if they want, they can they can make the right moves and hire a coach um, and keep Cam Newton um, and still be competing for a playoff spot next year. Or they can strip it down and, and have to rebuild completely. They're kind of in, in one of those decisions. Um, their their owner, David Tepper, um, has kind of made it clear he wants to kind of do things his own way, which, you know, kind of suggests that they would move on from Cam Newton Um so I don't know. I guess we'll see. You know, he's going to want to bring in his own people and his own GM and coach or whatever. So we'll see. You know, it's 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 an interesting situation because they could either be a playoff team or they could be a, a rebuilding team. It just all depends on what they do with Cam Newton. Yeah, you, you brought up some good points. I'm glad you mentioned DJ Moore before people messaged me and said um, the Carolina Panthers had DJ Moore. I forgot all about him. But you, you made a good point that he's not a wide receiver one. Um, I think he can be, but once again, just like Juju Smith-Schuster, in my opinion, for him, it really predicates on who's throwing him the ball. Uh, it's, really it's not like, it's not like Larry Fitzgerald where he went through the, uh, flurry of garbage, um, quarterbacks and he was still getting his numbers and he was without a doubt uh, a wide receiver one. Um, DJ Moore can be that dude. However, you got to have a good quarterback. Um, when you were talking about the draft or drafting, I, I have – sorry, my, my computer restarted, so now I can kind of speak more competently. Um, they do have a high pick, like you mentioned. Uh, they're number seven. So I think picking a receiver there could be great. Um, they're going to miss out on the quarterbacks. But I forgot all about, unless the you know Saints pay this boy, what about Teddy Bridgewater? Um, That's a really good I, point. I, I think this year he showed that he still has it in him, that he has recouped from that injury. He started out slow, but that was his first real chance since um, since that major knee injury like four years ago. 
the Jets, I think it was the Jets who signed him and then immediately traded him away to the Saints. It was a dumb move on their half. Um, but he's, I believe he's a free agent this year. They signed him to, I thought, a one-year deal to back up Drew Brees. He had a play for Drew Brees, and he went like 5-0 and with them. And he's part of the reason why the Saints almost got a first-round bye. Um, I think if they if, – if they're going to move on from camp, I think it's almost a, a great idea to try and um, entice Teddy Bridgewater to come to Carolina. Um, I think he could be a great replacement for Cam. Um, he's not mobile like Cam. Um, he's not a mobile quarterback, but he has he, – I mean, he can move if he has to but he is not a mobile quarterback, but he has a great arm, great accuracy. That would address DJ Moore needing a quarterback. Christian McCaffrey would still be able to run and catch because if you have someone that can throw the ball, you no longer have to stack the box, even though McCaffrey got his numbers anyway. Um, and then if you draft a Jerry Judy, uh, really any of the Alabama receivers, um, C.D. Lamb, uh, take any of the top tier receivers, I think you have a pretty threatening air attack mixed with, uh, McCaffrey. Um, what do you think about Bridgewater? That, that, that just came to me as you were speaking. I was like, Bridgewater's still out there. He is, he has a great arm. He's looking to really plant himself as a, I know he loved New Orleans, but I'm not convinced Breeze goes away for the next two years, uh, unless he's okay being a backup for two more years, but that makes him, you know, older. Um, I think he could really make a statement in Carolina. Yeah, um, that's why I love recording live because you get a real reaction. That's a that's, <laughs> a that's a really solid point. I think the Panthers need to look at hiring you as GM or or head coach. Um, I'm hey, not I'm not here, Carolina. Out here, uh, Austell, Georgia. Come find me. <laughs> <laughs> I never would have thought about Teddy Bridgewater. Um, but yeah, that's, that's a really good point. I think you're right there. And somebody like Teddy Bridgewater, I think he's 26, 27 years old. Um, so he's young. You sign him to a three year contract that, that puts him at 30. That gives your team time to, to blossom, um, with a young, with a young quarterback, young ish quarterback, but with, with enough veteran experience. Um, you keep McCaffrey. And then you you draft a you draft a, a wide receiver, and um, Teddy Bridgewater you could probably get away with not having to pay him as much as you'd have to pay like a Cam Newton or a veteran quarterback or anything like that. Um, so I think yes, I think that's a really good point. Teddy Bridgewater to the Panthers would make a whole lot of sense. He's familiar with the NFC South opponents um, and defenses, so um, I think it's a that point depends on what happens with Drew Brees. Um, if the Saints win the Super Bowl, I think Drew Brees retires and goes out on top. Um, but if they get knocked out, I think you're right. I think Teddy Bridgewater needs to start looking at maybe going somewhere else. Um, and I think the Panthers would make a lot of sense, too. So, yeah, that's that's a really good point. Yeah, I just haven't pulled up. I, I went and found it. He's, so he's 28, so therefore if you sign a – you know, four or five year deal. That's just 33. And since he's not a, 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 I guess a mobile quarterback, so to say, where you're going to take a lot of hits, you definitely got years in him. Um, he's an unrestricted free agent this, um, this off season. Uh, so there's a lot of upside 
to Teddy Bridgewater. He was also – this is in no way – let me just go ahead and say this for our listeners. This is in no way comparing him to Lamar Jackson. Um, but he was taken number 32nd overall, and we've seen what 32nd overall quarterbacks can do. Am I right? Uh, Lamar Jackson's tearing up the league at 32nd overall. Um, but I think that'd be a really good pickup. And I, like you said, if, if the Saints win the Super Bowl, I think Breeze says, I'm out. Um, but if Breeze does not win the Super Bowl, um, I believe he'll, once again, he'll, he'll stick around and, um, and try and get him one. Cause I still think he has a lot of football left in him. Um, now as far as coaches go for this, um, I pulled up, I did, I haven't heard much about the Panthers, but there are two big coaches that they're looking at. Uh, one is the OC with the Chiefs, Eric, I have no idea how to say his last name, Benini, and the other one is the head coach of Baylor, Matt Rule. I know nothing about Matt Rule other than he was asked to interview for the Browns and he declined it. Um, so therefore he's already on my hit list. Uh, not a real hit list. Don't, don't send this to like the police. It's not a real hit list. Um, but out of those two, since I know nothing about Matt Rule and he's coming out of college, which we know how those go, um, I, it, I, I think this Eric Benini, once again, if I'm saying it right, um, would be a really good fit for this offense if they were to A, keep Cam Newton or B, take Teddy Bridgewater draft another receiver to go with DJ Moore. You already have Christian McCaffrey. It's almost like a Chiefs 2.0. I don't think Cam or Bridgewater have quite the skill set as Pat Mahomes. Um, Pat Mahomes is just a freak of nature. But taking that offensive brilliance and placing it with the Panthers, and I've already put Teddy Bridgewater with the Panthers now, but placing that brilliance with all those weapons, I think that may actually be a really good fit. Yeah. Um, what do you think? I'm like I'm like you, man. I haven't heard too much about um, about any coaches or any interest or anything like that. Um, so I really I really don't know. Um, you know who would who would be. Um, any interest or anything like that, but Eric, whatever you said his name is, being me or whatever. <laughs> um, I mean, that's. I, I think you're right. You're you're never gonna find another Patrick Mahomes, um, but I think he's I think he's been offensive coordinator there for I think two or three years. Um, he sat under. Andy Reid and most coaches that come from the Andy Reid coaching tree have pretty good success. Um, Sean McDermott, John Harbaugh, um, you know, just to name a few. Um, so, you know, usually Andy Reid coaches do pretty good and, and I'm sure, um, you know, this guy has sat under Andy Reid for a few years and he kind of knows, um, he knows his offense if nothing else. Um, you take him and you pair him with a, a veteran defensive coordinator. Um, you know, whether it's if the Rams end up letting go of Wade Phillips or whoever, um, to, to get you to run that defense, I think you're right. I think you plug him in a, an offensive mind and, and pair him with a veteran defensive coordinator. Um, I think, I think that's your best way to kind of set the, set 
set the the Panthers up for success. So yeah, yeah I, I agree. I think he'd be a really good um, fit solely off of what he has in the Chiefs and what he could potentially have in the Panthers pending on the quarterback. All right. So now we'll move on to team three. This is, in my opinion, the least intriguing of the three or the four, uh, mainly because I, I just don't like the Giants. Um, they, every, everything about them annoys me. And so they're sitting here looking for, and I'm about to make this sound like pettiness, but the Browns do the same thing. They're sitting here looking for a head coach again. Uh, they let let go of Ben McAdoo, which I feel like was just yesterday. Apparently it was two seasons ago. Um, and then they hired Pat Shermer, which I figured was going to be a bust because we hired, we the Browns hired, uh, Pat Shermer is our head coach a few years back and released him after two years because uh, we weren't good. And once again, the Giants weren't good. Um, so I didn't really have high hopes on him. He's a really good offense coordinator, in my opinion, but I don't think he's a good head coach. Um, and so now we're sitting here looking for a coach. We, I don't care about the Giants, but they are sitting here looking for a coach <laughs> yet again. Uh, they're another one who has some pretty interesting pieces or decent pieces. Um, I, I looked up real quick and there's two big names. Once again, is this Matt Rule guy from Baylor, um, who I know nothing about other than he came in after, I believe he came in after Bryles when he got fired for, um, for his illegal activity, um, and he's done well with Baylor. I just don't believe in college head coaches, especially college head coaches that I've never heard of. Um, like Pete Carroll did well, and even some of the well na- well-known ones didn't do well. And their other, and this is the one I think they end up going with, and I'll tell you why, um, their other big intrigue, or the one they're trying to interview, is Mike McCarthy. Um, I think they'll go with Mike McCarthy because I think the Giants are obsessed with hiring offensive-minded head coaches. Um, yeah. Mike McCarthy is an offensive mind. He's worked with Aaron Rodgers, which almost gives him a, a check that he's worked with a big name. Um, he did really well in Green Bay for some time. Um, he's been off for a year, so he's almost like had a time to kind of relax or whatnot. Um, but I, I, I'm afraid they're going to attribute a lot of Aaron Rodgers' um, success to Mike McCarthy, and they think that McCarthy can maybe see the same success from um, Danny Dimes, from Daniel Jones. I do like Daniel Jones, but he is almost an Eli 2.0. Um, I do like that they have Saquon Barkley. Their defense is not great. Um, their offense is not great. Uh, they, they, they are in need and desperate need of receivers. And luckily for them, uh, you know, they got the number four picks. They have the pick of all of those skilled receivers. Um, but I, I ultimately think they're going to end up with McCarthy for one main reason. And that is he is an offensive minded coach. He has head coaching experience and they think that he is going to be great for Daniel Jones's career and the future, um, that hopefully that he can be as un-Eli-like as possible. Um, I mean, we've seen Eli and Daniel Jones. If you saw the video I sent you, I know you saw it, but for the listeners, if you saw the video 
of Daniel Jones and Eli Manning out at a bar partying together, I want, I want to challenge you to go watch that video, cover up their faces, mm-hmm. and you can't tell who is who. They dress exactly alike. They are the exact same height, and they have the same dad awkward at a bar um, uh, <laughs> hold about them. They are the same person. I know their stats already are looking the same. Um, the way they throw to the other team is looking the same. Um, and now you watch them go party at a bar together, and they are duplicates of one another. Um, he was meant to be a giant, whether they took him number one overall or with the Mr. Irrelevant pick. He was meant to be a giant and meant to be Eli's successor, and that is why they are such good friends now. Um, I'm going to jump back a little bit. But I think that Mike McCarthy ends up – I feel like I'm rushing this, a little, this along because I just don't care for the Giants. Um, I do think Mike McCarthy is their man. Uh, I will stop rambling now. I will let you speak about the Giants. Go ahead. Yeah, um, you know, we'll, we'll breeze right through the Giants because I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm right there with you. And I think we both want to talk about the Browns. So sorry, Giants and Giants fans. Um, you're just kind of a, uh, a, a byproduct in the order for us to get to the Browns quicker. <laughs> um, I, I agree with everything that you said, man. Um, the Giants to me are just a little more in appealing, intriguing, whatever than the Redskins. Um, to me, they're not as appealing as or intriguing as the uh, as the Panthers. Um, the Giants need a whole lot of help, man. Like literally, they have Saquon Barkley, and to me, that's it. Um, Daniel Jones, I think it's unfortunate for him, um, but whoever they hire as an they need they need to hire a coach with Daniel Jones in mind because I think. I don't think he's ever going to be phenomenal or great, but I think he has the chance to be like a decent average um, NFL quarterback. Um, I don't think he's ever – I don't know that he's ever going to be a top 15 quarterback, um, but he can be a top, you know, 16 to 22 quarterback who um, has flashes of brilliance. And, you know, depending on how you build the team around him and having a stud – at, at running back with Saquon Barkley, um, you know, being average enough could get you into the playoffs. Um, so, you know, uh, their defense, like you said, their defense needs a whole lot of help. I think um, I don't like I don't know anybody on the Giants' defense um, except for DeAndre Baker, and I just know about him because one, he went to Georgia, and two, like the kid's been so awful that like. People pick on him all the time to show how not to play cornerback. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I think I've heard I've heard that role a lot too. Um, I'm just I'm not sold on 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 college um, college coaches who don't have a proven track record. Um, Matt Roll came in and he he turned Baylor around, but this is really the only year that they that they've done something. Granted, they went eleven and two. Um, but to me, I'd want to see. I want to. I would want to see him at Baylor again um, to make sure that this year wasn't just um, you know like a one a one year phenom or whatever. Um, but to make sure that he can do it consistently. Um, the the reason that you're hearing Matt roll a lot is because he was the Giants' um, offensive line coach in 2012. Um, so he has he has a little bit of um, experience experience or background with the with the Giants. Um 
that's literally the only reason I think that you're hearing his name. Um, is, you know, he, he said that he might be, he might be interested in coming back. You know, for him, it makes sense if that's kind of where you got to, your start, um, you know, to be able to kind of return to your team. Um, the Giants, Dave Gettleman, I don't know if, that he's going to allow the head coach to have a whole lot of say, um, in players and draft picks and stuff like that. Dave Gettleman strikes me as somebody who, is proudly the GM and they're going to do whatever they want, um, regardless. Like, I think even leading up to the draft, there were reports that Pat Shermer wasn't necessarily sold on Daniel Jones, although Pat Shermer tried to play it off semi well. Um, so, you know, you've got to find a coach that's going to kind of be a, a yes man to Dave Gettleman, um, which depending on how they do, Dave Gettleman may be gone. Next off season, and as a head coach, you may be able to, to pick a guy that you want as your own GM. Um, so, you know, I don't know. The, I I think going into into this um, this job with the Giants, you're already not necessarily being set up for success because you've got a GM who who wants to prove everybody wrong. Um, you've got a second. You're going to have a second year quarterback who. It's had flashes of brilliance, but it's still young and still needs to grow. Um, you've got Saquon Barkley, who's who's a stud, um, but that's really it. Like you said, wide receiver-wise, they need a little bit of help. Darius Slayton ended up being a pretty good find for them. Um, and Golden Tate gives you some veteran presence, um, who's going to be a good safety blanket. But, you know, their line needs help. Their defense needs help. So if you're somebody who um, – who wants to try and rebuild something from the ground up, then that would be a good job for you. But other than that, um, it's not too appealing or intriguing of a job to me either. So. Yeah, I forgot all about Dave Gettleman. Um, as long as he's there. I, I was surprised he hadn't been gone yet because he was right. a joke when he was there with Ben McAdoo. And so I thought both of them would be out when McAdoo went away and they chose to keep Gettleman. And then they get rid of another head coach and they choose to keep Gettleman. Um, I think that there's a, um, a theme here of maybe what the issue is. Um, right. sorry, Giants. We don't care much about you. I think you end up with, uh, I, I didn't, I didn't know the Matt Rule connection. Um, so who knows? You'll probably end up then with someone who's never, uh, been a head coach in the NFL and probably be out in two years as well. Cause that is the yeah. trend there. Uh, not to say it's not the trend in Cleveland as well, but, you know, good luck, Giants. And and I think that the Giants and Redskins uh, jobs should be a little more intriguing just because they're in such a terrible division. Uh, right. I mean, there's the chance of winning there is is pretty good, uh, unlike the Panthers who still have to fight with the Saints. Um, but it's just really not neither one of them. Like, I'm not getting excited about these <laughs> about these spots if I'm – a coaching candidate. Um, but now, the moment we've all been waiting we've for. We've all been waiting for. <laughs> Here it is. Um, my dream came true. Uh, my Santa wish came true. We got rid of Freddie Kitchen. Um, the more and more I watched videos about them firing him, the more I felt bad for Freddie the person because I liked Freddie the person. I did not like Freddie the head coach. Um, right. we go on to lose to the Bengals. Um, and if you recall on our podcast a few weeks ago, uh, the front office said, barring a disaster, 
Uh, <laughs> Freddie was going to be here for the long term, and we lost three in a row, which is disaster. One of them being to the team that locked up the number one pick overall, had one win, and they, I mean, they, they beat us pretty easily. Um, yeah. The score looks closer than it was, and they beat us pretty easily. <laughs> um, we had to call two timeouts back-to-back for having ten men on the field in the red zone. Um, that was just, that's the epitome of our season. So we finally let Freddie go. And unlike all these other teams, we have like a slew of people that we have requested, uh, to interview some that I favor more than others. I really, really, I'm going to say this. We won't talk much about this because it's looking like it's not a possibility. I really wanted Ron Rivera. Um, as I addressed with the Redskins, I think Ron Rivera is a coach who is really good at leading young, undisciplined, potentially undisciplined teams. He has the respect. They love him. I thought he would have done great. Our defense is set. He's a defensive coach. Though he may not have been the coordinator, they would have been in line. Miles Garrett would have went on to be defensive end of the world, and it would have been fantastic. But instead, we're not going to have him. We are rumored to interview Mike McCarthy, who I don't want, um, and then the rest are up for grabs. So we've requested to interview Josh McDaniels from the Patriots, uh, which we have been granted permission to speak with him. Uh, we have requested to meet with offensive coordinator Greg Roman from the Ravens, and they have given us permission to meet with him. We have been given permission to meet with the defense coordinator, Robert, do not know how to say his last name, Saleh, maybe, from the San Francisco 49ers. Um, and then I also just read somewhere that we are also set to meet with, um, I think his name was Matt LaFleur. It's the, it's the LaFleur from Green Bay's brother, who is the passing coordinator for the San Francisco 49ers as well. So we're supposed to meet with two 49ers, um, <laughs> co- or coaches, um, and, um, let me make sure. No, Matt LaFleur is the Packers head coach. Mike LaFleur is the passing game coordinator. Um, I don't really want that one because he's just the passing game coordinator. Um, I'm afraid they're going to go for him because his brother's done really well in Green Bay. However, Green Bay had a really good team situated. Um, so the main ones I want to focus on is Josh McDaniels because I think he's a legitimate candidate. Um Greg Roman, I think they'll try and intrigue very hard, though I don't think there's going to be a shot there, but he's he's seeming like going to be a top dog. And then defense coordinator from the 49ers, Robert Saleh, maybe. Uh, When we hire him tomorrow, uh, (laughs) uh, we'll know how to say his last name. Um, But I think the Browns are in a good situation. We have a stellar offense. Baker, we saw a lot of regression this year, and I think a lot of that has to do with Freddie. Um, he tried to be in the OC. I think he was also the main person that focused with quarterbacks. We knew he wasn't good at pl- uh, play calling, so therefore he wasn't good at developing ba- uh, Baker as a quarterback. Um, we have a great defense, and I thought Wilkes did a great job in the beginning. I think losing um, losing Garrett was huge, and what caused our defense to collapse, I don't think he's safe, so we're going to go ahead and rule him a spire. We're going to go ahead and assume the entire coaching staff of the Browns is no more, and that we're starting from scratch. So we have a great defense. We have a great offense. I think we could go either way. I just want somebody who's going to come in and really take reins of this team. 
Uh, we saw a lot of undisciplined behavior um, from our penalties um, to everything, to the fact that um, they, they kept being talking points about cleats on the field and Odell's mask, and, and everything was just undisciplined. Um, and we need a guy to come in and kind of reel that in. Um, what do you think? Yeah, so it's funny that you said that you don't want Mike McCarthy because Mike McCarthy is the guy that I was thinking would have been a good person for the for the Browns um, because of the points that you made when you were talking about it for the Giants. Um, you know, he's done this before. He has experience. Um, he was successful in Green Bay. Granted, he had Aaron Rodgers, but, you know, he knows offense. He knows quarterbacks. And for the most part, what, from what I heard, he's a player's coach. Um, and so most most players like him, and they're willing to play for him, um, and they'll play hard as well. Um, he's good as far as discipline goes. Um, so I think I think regardless of who the Browns go for, I think that they need to um, – they need to hire somebody who has head coaching experience. Um, I think they would make a mistake to hire a first-year head coach again. Um, so whether it's, you know, I know they do this a lot of basketball. I don't know if they do this as much in football. But maybe you hire, um, like, a, for example, uh, like a Mike McCarthy, and then you hire um, somebody else, some new guy as an offensive coordinator, with the understanding in, like, you know, two years or three years you're going to take over. Obviously, you don't tell McCarthy that, but, you know, just just so everybody knows, like, this guy's really <laughs> going to be the head coach, but he needs to spend a couple of years um, being groomed. Josh McDaniels is interesting, um, but I I just – I don't believe – I know he's only – he only has the one year – I think it was one season with the Denver Broncos, um, which he took a team of the team – to the uh, to the playoffs, so that speaks for something. Um, but you know, he's he just. A, I don't think that. I, I I think if Josh McDaniels is going to be a successful head coach, it's going to be in New England. Um, I'm I'm not as big of a believer in him um, outside of that. Plus, like I'm I'm not going to lie, I'm not a Colts fan, but I'm still kind of turned off from McDaniels from when he burned the Colts a couple of years ago. Um, so to me, he's just kind of he's too he's too wishy washy. Um, I think as soon as things got tough with the Browns, he'd want to get out. Um, and so, I think if you're the Browns, um, I think you need to call everybody, like everybody. Like, I, think, <laughs> um, I think when I think when the Patriots season ends on Saturday, when they lose to the Titans, I think you need to call Bill Belichick. And say, hey man, I know you tried to be the coach in the '90s. Sorry, it didn't work. <laughs> Would you consider coming back? Um, I think you need to call Nick Saban. Um, I need. I think you need to call everybody, man. Just just throw that that net out there, and whoever takes it, like just you, know, you have absolutely nothing to lose. Um, you have a super talented team, ar- ar- arguably the most talented team in the um, in the league. And so it's going to be an appealing job. It's going to be an intriguing job for a lot of people. So why not call Bill Belichick or Nick Saban? If they say no, you knew they were going to say no. And you move on. You're right. Maybe maybe they come in for an interview and, you know, whatever. Um, but I don't know, man. I mean, it's 
it's going to be really interesting. I don't know if I have somebody who I'm kind of leaning towards them picking, um, but if they go with the new, again, like like we said with the majority of these teams, if they go with the newer first-year head coach, they need to hire somebody um, who knows defense because that defense is too good to, to kind of let waste away. So I don't know whether that means you would hold on to Steve Wilkes. I know usually you bring in your own guy. You don't keep somebody. But to me, I think Steve Wilkes is a, is a pretty good defensive coordinator. Obviously, you could speak to that more. Um, and I think, you know, like he got a bad rap with the Cardinals. He wasn't really given the shot. So I don't know that you hire him, but I think you at least let him interview for the job. Um, but you need a, a, a veteran defensive coordinator because that defense is, is, is really, really stinking good. Um, and your offense is really good too. So, um, I don't know, you know, I think, I think you ask, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if you let your players kind of decide. Obviously, no, 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 no. We went to we we went to Baker about Freddie. We are not letting the players decide. Uh, The players go with who they who they like and connect with. We do not let the players decide. (laughs) I was I was just about to say. I'm sure you probably don't want to do that again because last time you let Baker Mayfield. Yes. No. 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 (laughs) No. So. Yeah, I mean Dorsey's Dorsey's gonna get it right and, and knowing Dorsey, I wouldn't be surprised if Dorsey called like a Bill Belichick or a Nick Saban, you know, somebody some one of those big names just because um Dorsey swings for the fences, man, and, and he's at least gonna try and hit it out of the park. Well, so, here's uh, my thing with Dorsey. Um I love Dorsey as a GM. I do not want him to decide this head coach. Um we have so we hired this this analytics guy Paul, whatever the guy from Moneyball who who built the the Mets or the A's or someone whatever the money the the movie Moneyball is semi about him I guess, um, and he's an analytics guy and the past two hires he wanted to go with like two two hires ago he went when we went with Hugh he wanted Sean McDermott who ended up with the Bills, we see where the Bills are now. Um, this past right. and 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 the owners chose to ignore him, and they went with Hugh Jackson. We see where Hugh Jackson is now. Um, then this next turnaround, when they did their coaching hire, they wanted um, Stefanski, whatever his name is, the the OC with the Vikings. Yeah. Uh, Dorsey wanted Kitchen. They went with Dorsey and got Kitchen. Stefanski or whoever, whatever his name is. Though I don't think he has head coaching roles, that offense in, in Minnesota is pretty good. Uh, I think Kirk Cousins is an average to above average quarterback who he's making look like a you know a, a top tier quarterback. Um, right. I think that would have been a good hire. Um, yeah. So I say we this year because I, I don't think they're going to listen to Dorsey this time because I read rumor that um, they're going to allow whoever they hire as the head coach to decide whether or not they want to keep Dorsey. As their GM, which I also don't like. I want Dorsey to stay the GM. We have had more talent in the past two years than we've had in my entire life. Um, so losing Dorsey, I think, will be a huge detriment. I don't want to rebuild the whole front office. I want to keep the GM, um, but I don't want the GM to choose our head coach. Uh, I want to keep Dorsey out of this. I want him to stick with player personnel and just know that. 
him and whoever we hire has to get along. Um, I agree that I would love for a defensive-minded head coach that does not appear where we're going, that it, it appears besides this Robert uh, guy from the 49ers, who their defense, you know, is pretty good. Um, mm-hmm. But he has no head coaching experience. In fact, he's only been the coordinator for like the past two seasons. Other than that, he was just position coach, uh, just like Kitchens. Not saying that he couldn't be a great head coach, but he hasn't had to manage um, um, a team before, and he doesn't have as much experience. And I, I feel like managing, though his defense is great. Uh, the reason I would want a defensive head coach is, like you said, our defense is fantastic. Uh, defensive coaches, in my opinion, tend to be more stern and more no-nonsense, and that could gel really well with a team with all these personalities of being able to buckle them down and being like, no, 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 get it right, let's do this right. Um, right. And that's that's almost why – and I, you turned me on Mike McCarthy. I would be okay with Mike McCarthy. Um, I think I'm, as a Browns fan who always is looking for a coach every other year, I'm looking for that wow factor, and maybe we shouldn't look for a wow factor. I think McCarthy does have experience leading teams. His clock management, if I remember correctly, was not that great, but I feel like that's something that he could figure out. At least he knows how to manage a team. Uh, He knows how to develop an offense. Our offense with all these great players was putrid this year. Like we had two 1,000-yard receivers and a 1,500-yard running back, and we lost 10 games. And we couldn't consistently move the ball. Like, we have a bunch of issues. Um, I think that he'll take uh, – they benched Najoku, our tight end, uh, um, when he came back from injury because I guess he wasn't great enough for Freddie Kitchens. We refused to let Hollywood Higgins, Rashad Higgins play. Instead, we played these two uh, wide receivers who are both, I think, undrafted free agents who I didn't know their name until we started throwing them the ball. Um, when you got Hollywood Higgins sitting on the bench, who is easily our third best receiver and one of Baker's favorite targets, nothing made sense. Like his three favorite targets are Landry, Najoku, and, and Higgins, and Freddie took both of them away and benched them. Doesn't make sense. Um, the reason I like the Josh McDaniels potential hire is I, whether he was one year in, in the, with the Broncos or however long he was there, uh, you mentioned that he was the coach um, who won a game or a playoff game. Uh, his, his, oh, his record is 11-17. and 17. He was a two-year head coach, 09-2010. Um, he was with the Broncos, and he won a playoff game with um, – he won a playoff game with Tim Tebow, which you have established. Tim Tebow is not a good quarterback. Um, <laughs> I believe, you know what, what I could get onto that because that's not what this topic is about. But he won a playoff game <laughs> with Tim Tebow. Um, along with Tim Tebow, <laughs> he had Matt Castle as a quarterback, Kyle Orton as a quarterback that played a little bit there. Um he did he went eleven and seventeen with not good quarterbacks. So imagine and the Broncos until I think Drew Locke's pretty good, but except for that little stint where they were able to get Peyton Manning where you have to do nothing to make Peyton Manning great, um he didn't have much of a quarterback. He's been working with Brady. Um we have a great quarterback, I think a great quarterback in Baker Mayfield. 
um, the Broncos just don't have a history of having great quarterbacks. So therefore, I think that kind of hurts a coach like Josh McDaniels. And I think he could be, and he has that head coaching experience, though it wasn't a successful quote unquote head coaching experience. He has it nonetheless. Um, and he comes from the Patriots lineage, um, which sometimes those coordinators are great. Sometimes they're bad. Like we took a Romeo Cornell. He was terrible. Charlie White's terrible. Um, so many of them are terrible, but then some of them are really good. Like I think Brian Flores is going to be really good. I'm not sold on, on Matt Patricia yet, but I think that he would do wonders for Baker Mayfield and building him. Like I don't think much has to be done to our offense to make them great. And I think he provides just enough to make them great. I think he would hire a coordinator. The reason I don't want to go with an offensive-minded coach is too many of them think, well, I need to now run my own offense. And to me, I'm like, no, you don't. Do not run your own offense because you get overwhelmed, a.k.a. Freddie Kitchens. Um, So I think Josh McDaniels could come in, bring in a coordinator, and his sole focus should be managing the team, making sure they're disciplined, and coaching up Baker Mayfield. and I think we would be plenty fine. I am also, this is not a rumor, but I wouldn't mind if Josh McDaniels came over and then brought um, Belichick's son over with him as a defensive coordinator, yeah. Stephen Wilkes. Not Stephen Wilkes. Yeah. <laughs> Stephen uh, uh, Belichick yeah. as a defensive coordinator. They both yeah. have instilled, like, we know how to settle things. We can get it done. That's the only reason why I like Josh McDaniels. I do have that salty taste from the Colts. Don't care about the Colts, but the second you do that, it's like, hold on now. You're kind of a shady guy. Um, but I think that, that he could have success there. Uh, I do think my top two choices are McCarthy and Josh McDaniels. I think the rumor of Urban Meyer is a terrible rumor. I don't want Urban Meyer. Um, unless it comes with like three Super Bowl wins. Um, not even that. If it comes with a Super Bowl appearance, then maybe I would <laughs> I would be okay with that, um, but I don't want Urban. I think bad news follows Urban everywhere, um, and what I don't want is we have a great coach for like four years, and then there's a huge scandal, and now we're searching for a coach again. Um, I would rather find a guy and like nail it down and stick with him, like the Patriots and the Ravens and the Steelers, who find their guy and stick it out. And I think Josh McDaniels could be that because I think he would do wonders for Baker Mayfield's career. That, yeah, that's, you, that's my take on it. Yeah, no, you, I, you know, you, I turned you on McCarthy a little bit and you turned me on McDaniels um, just from because you bring up a good point that McDaniels is going to bring somebody who knows the Patriots defense, um, who, whether it's, it's Belichick's son or whoever, um, he's going to bring a defensive coordinator who knows how to run that, who knows how to run a defense. Um, and the Patriots have had really good defenses for like the past decade. Um, so I think, you know, I think being under Bill Belichick, Josh McDaniels knows how to, um, how to delegate and how to plug people into the right place. Um, so I, w- I would give you that point. McDaniels would be, would be good to, to, to come in as head coach, um, and I think he, I think he would know whether he thinks he can run the the offense or make the play calls, or whether he will need somebody else to do it. I do think he'd be good at 
at that. I don't think he would be like Freddie, who um, would want to hold on to the play calling, even if it's not working. I think McDaniels would be somebody, you know, if, if play calling's not working, I think he'd be okay letting somebody else call the plays. Um, so I, 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 I would agree with McDaniels. Um, I, I agree, and I think pretty good. When I think McDaniels is not going to put himself in a bad situation, I do think that's part of why he ended up declining the Colts. Because right. though they ended up having a good season with Frank Reich, uh, Andrew Luck was in limbo that whole time, and he it was decided that he was finally going to be able to play, and then now they had a you know, not-as-good season with Jacoby Brissett. I think Josh McDaniels knows that going to be a head coach somewhere as a new head coach and doing terribly – almost ruins your resume and has the people not want to hire you again. And he would right. rather, I feel like he would rather that stain of, of deciding not to be their head coach and being able to continue to learn with the Patriots was better than going to the Colts and potentially having bad seasons get fired. And now your, your reputation is, is ruined. Um, yeah. I, I think what makes the Browns intriguing is they do have all the pieces he just has to come in, coach him up, and put in his offense. Um, and I think we would be all right. Um, and I think that's almost why – I'm just going to go ahead and say it here first. I think we end up hiring Josh McDaniels. Um, we interviewed him two years ago when he did turn down the Colts. He rejected our interview last year because he had just went back to the Patriots. I believe he rejected us because there's a reason why we didn't interview him again. Um, and I think this year it's going to end up being a um, a marriage of McDaniels and the Browns. Um, and I'm actually come around to it this time. Um, the previous times wasn't into it, but I think I've talked myself into it. I think Brady's <laughs> on the way, because I think Brady's on the way out, which is going to kill that offense. And I uh, think he's going to try and now jump on a team that he can win with um, so that his career doesn't, not that it's going to go south because it's still the Patriots, but there's going to come a time, like, he may not win a Super Bowl this year. In fact, he may not even show up in the Super Bowl game this year. Right. Um, and so being able to get these interviews and taking a team that has Baker, Odell, Jarvis, Hunt, well, if we re-sign Hunt, uh, Chubb, Najoku, Higgins, and a defense that's already set, I think he can look at all those pieces and say, I can win with that. And all he has to do, he's not having to rebuild anything. He has no interest in rebuilding, and I think that's why he walked away from the Colts, is he doesn't want to spend his years rebuilding. He wants to walk into something that has the pieces, that has failed with the pieces, but knows that he can turn it around. And you know what? I'm saying it here first. That is why Josh McDaniels has my endorsement as the Browns' next head coach is he knows the Belichick way. He's going to bring in somebody with a Belichick-minded defense. I hope he brings in an OC. He's going to turn Baker's career around. Uh, not that it's going downhill, but if it continues like it did this year, it would go downhill. Um, I want Josh McDaniel. That is who I want as the head coach. Print it. Put it on the papers. Put it across Times Square. Put it in Berea, Ohio, <laughs> in Cleveland, Ohio. Put it up in Foxborough. Josh McDaniels will be the Cleveland Browns head coach for the 2020 season, and we will be in the playoffs, and we will make it to the Super Bowl. Here we are. I'm overhyping the Browns already, and we just got eliminated from the, play, from the season. You heard it here first on Once Upon East 112. Take it to the bank. Donitz has co-signs on it, whether he does or not. No, I don't that know. is our official stance. 
of this podcast. Hot takes for days. I don't want Greg Roman, though he's done great in, in Baltimore. I don't want uh, – I've fallen off the Lincoln-Riley bandwagon once they got smashed by LSU. I'm like, look, you're hurting your own reputation by getting to the playoffs and getting washed every year. Um I want someone who's been in the NFL who has a little bit of head coaching experience and can work with our pieces. Josh McDaniels, Cleveland Browns head coach, 2020. We're making it to the Super Bowl. There it is. There we have it, folks. Donatus is going to go ahead and agree with this. And uh, <laughs> I, I, yes, I, have, no, uh, I have taken this off the rails. Don't put me down for that. Don't put me down for the Josh McDaniels, uh, Cleveland Browns. Hard pass. Hard pass on that one. Um but, I, you know, I'm glad that he's got your endorsement. Um, when he leads the Browns to another 6-10 and 10 record next year, um, no, uh, when he leads the Browns <laughs> to, like, uh, I don't know, 6-4, we'll say 4-6 and six record, and he quits halfway through the season, um, I just want you to remember that you were the one that endorsed Josh McDaniel, <laughs> uh, the quitter I, of all quitters. You know what? If that happens, I will figure out how to isolate that piece of audio where I just went on my tangent about how we're going to win the Super Bowl, <laughs> and I will play it during our podcast, and we'll reflect on it, and I will have a a reflective moment. Um, but all right, so there, there we have it. Uh, we ran a little long this week. Um, real quick, yes or no. We're not going to talk about it because there's no way of – there's no reason to talk about it if they don't do anything. Uh, to end out our podcast, do you think, a quick yes or no, do you think the Cowboys hold on to Jason Garrett? Or actually, give me a yes or no and a, and a one-sentence statement as to why. No, because he's mediocre and it's time for the Cowboys to become somewhat relevant again. And I believe that they – Wait, that's a no, they don't fire him, or a no, he's not the coach? Oh, I'm sorry. Yes, yes, they do fire him. No, they won't hold on to him because he's mediocre and the Cowboys need to become somewhat relevant. Yes, they fire him. I'm going with, because I, I just got a, I'm, I'm saying this now because they got, we got a little notification. I got a notification on my phone saying they're setting up a second meeting as if the first meeting wasn't enough. Um, <laughs> I'm going to say no, they don't fire him because Jerry Jones sees him as a son. And he can't bring it to, he can't bring himself to fire him. Um, now if he does get fired, uh, before this podcast is released, this was recorded on Tuesday before <laughs> he was potentially fired. So don't, don't add us and say, why were you that wrong? Cause he was fired by the time this release. This is pre firing on Tuesday. Um, but no, they don't fire him cause he's a son to Jerry Jones and he can't bring himself to do it, so he's going to be mediocre for a whole nother year. All right, there we have it, folks. If anybody else is fired, we may talk about it next week, but this is our big Black Monday second, second oh, jeez, episode, our big Black Monday episode. Um, Don, just anything you want to leave our listeners with? No, I hope everybody has a happy new year. God bless you in 2020, and we'll see you guys next year. All right, have a happy new year, and go Browns!